you very much. Please be seated. And turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22. We just read it, so I'm not going to read the whole thing again, the passage again. As we get ready for this morning's message. Message number two. And so as you have opportunity to turn to Matthew 22 when you're there, we'll just take a moment and pray and ask for the Lord's direction. His word. Remember, this is the word of God. This is our highest authority. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this time that you can look into thy word. Please guide us by your Holy Spirit and help us, Lord, again. Uh, renew us and reaffirm us in the truth of the scriptures. We're thankful for them and realize that the word of God uh, bypasses or, or uh, probably not a great word to use, but trumps everything else that we might have overrides any other documents or books or writings or speeches or anything like that. And so just help us to know the truth and accept the truth. May we realize that we are supposed to be lights in the world. Jesus told us, told his disciples to be, and he sends us forth as sheep among wolves, and we are to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. And so help us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Look around us. I don't think there's any government officials here. Um, I wish there were some. I do. I'm afraid that because of what's going on on Facebook and a lot of other things, that many of our leaders think of all Christians as being right-wing extremists. We're going to overthrow the government. We're going to we hate them and all that stuff. And I would love to be able to talk to some of these guys and tell them, give them a Bible perspective because. One of our dear old saints, Isabel Dixon, home of the Lord now, remember she always used to come to church and she'd say, Pastor, Christians are the only Bible a lot of people read. What kind of Bible message are we giving the world around us? I think that's a great introduction because the message today, all I want to do today is to show from the Word of God what the Bible-believing Christian owes to the government. I don't mean money, but that's part of it. Or what the Bible-believing Christians' God-given responsibilities are. All right? And uh, so we're going to look first at this passage right here in Christ's earthly ministry. Now, because of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and what he came for, the fact that he went around Israel teaching and preaching, um, he was questioned on all kinds of things. And he answered honestly and truthfully. And you know from the passage we read, he was just he was questioned about Caesar. Right? Now obviously he wasn't questioned about the President of the United States because there was no such thing. But we can take the principles and apply them to our lives. And so understand that the, the questioners, notice in verse 15. So by the way, point number one today is the example of Christ's teaching. What did he say? This is not the only thing he said, but we're going to look at this today. We may look at some others um, in the days ahead. But anyway, notice that he was questioned. Verse 15, notice the, the, what was the point, what was the intent. Then went the Pharisees, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second, and took counsel. In other words, they got together, Psalm 2, how they might entangle him in his talk. All right, so... They weren't interested in the truth. They wanted to find something wrong with what Jesus had to say. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians. Okay, so you got two groups here. You got the Pharisees and their disciples, 
and you've got the Herodians, all right? Now, the Pharisees were as Jewish as you could get. They prided themselves on their holiness, their self-righteousness. In fact, the word Pharisee, or Pharisees, means separate ones, all right? Was the name of a group of Jewish religious leaders who held a position of great authority in Israel and were greatly feared and respected by the people. If you were a Jewish person back then, the worst thing that happened to you would be for you to be criticized or whatever, uh, condemned by a Pharisee. I mean, they were like right next to God in the opinion of people, and of course they promoted that opinion. They put that forth. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting that they prided themselves on their knowledge of the law, and yet Jesus had many, many confrontations with them, and he always refuted them, gave them the right answer. They were the strictest of the Jews. They were the most orthodox in their own minds. All right? But along with that, and here's what really comes in here, they hated the Roman government, absolutely hated, despised, and were looking for the Messiah to overthrow Rome and restore Israel to a place of prominence. I remember, won't take time to do that, but remember one time they had a meeting and, and they said, the Jews said, what are we going to do about this Jesus? If we don't, if we don't do something, everybody's going to believe in him and the Romans will come and take away our place in our nation. Or their placement, the temple and their ministry and our nation. So, that, so they were all, all concerned about that. Uh, so they came to him. Now the interesting thing is, on the other hand, it mentions the Herodians in verse 16. They were Jews, they were Israelites, you know, by birth and by nationality. But you notice in that name Herodian, who do you, what, whose name do you see there? Herod. This was also a group of Jewish people who favored the dynasty of the Herods and stood for the Roman connection. They were loyal to the Roman Empire. Okay. They cared very little for anything religious, any kind of spiritual things, and they usually were bitter enemies of the Pharisees. They were as opposite as you could be, and so these two opposing groups joined forces against the Lord Jesus Christ. And so notice the Pharisees themselves didn't go. They sent their disciples. They wouldn't have contact with such pigs, you know, dogs, the Herodians, but they sent their disciples. So they went together, and they came. Here's the question. And they sent out unto him, verse 16, their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, teacher, we know that thou art true. Um, I call this their hypocritical comments. And teach us the way of God in truth. Well, really, if, if he really did, if they really thought he did and believed it, then why didn't they believe in him? Listen, neither carest thou for any man. That was absolutely false. Jesus absolutely cared and showed his compassion. In fact, that's one of the things that they began to hate about him, as he had compassion on the common people and the sinners, for thou regardest not the person of man. Now that's true. God is no respecter of persons. There's a difference between being a respecter of persons and caring for somebody. In fact, a respecter of persons really doesn't care. So, so they, bought, they gave him this flattering, this hypocritical flattery to try to somehow influence him to think that they really cared about what he thought. So, 
Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? In other words, what's your opinion? May we stop right here for a moment and tell you, say that Christ does not have opinions. God does not have opinions. God has his word, and he has his commandments, and he has his truth. Right? There's a difference. I, have, I remember over the years I've had people, stop giving me the Bible. Give me your opinion. Here's my opinion. Everything in the Bible is true. <laughs> All right? I, I, I tell you, that's another story. They said people come and count for counseling, but they didn't want to hear the Bible. They wanted my opinion. They wanted me to say, it's okay what you're doing. Anyway, so is it lawful? Here's the, here it is right here. Here's the question. Is it lawful? Is it legal? Is it right to give tribute unto Caesar or not? Yeah, that's a pretty clear question, isn't it? And as we'll see later in, the, in Romans, tribute money was tax money. They had to pay taxes. See, there's, there's nothing new under the sun. Taxes are part of life. So, should we do it or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt you, you hypocrites? See, the question in itself, if they really wanted to know the truth, like if one of his disciples had come to Jesus privately and said, Lord, what, what should we do about this? He would have answered and he answered here too, but first of all, before he answered the question, he wanted them to know that he, he, he knew the wickedness of their heart. To try to tempt or trick or entangle the Son of God, terrible sin. And he said, why, why tempt you me, you hypocrites, show me the tribute money. In other words, show me the coin that is normally used to pay this. And they brought to him a penny a Roman coin, and he saith unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? In other words, whose picture and whose inscription? And they say unto him, Caesar's. And then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. So this would be, by the way, 22, when they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. They couldn't answer. See, they thought they had him. And that's why they sent these two opposing groups. Because if he said, yes, it's all right to pay tax, well, that would, that, would, that would send the Pharisees over the cliff. And if he said, no, it's not, then that would send the Herodians off the cliff. Right? So, but he gave an answer that neither one of them could, could, could respond to. And so he said, and, and we're, again, the, our focus today is the Christian's responsibility to the government. So we're going to limit it today to that phrase, the things which are Caesar's. So what is, does, does the government, do they have anything that we need to respond to? Do we have, I guess I should put it this way, do we have responsibility? Well, I, according to scriptures, there are three. By the way, render means to pay. Alright, so let's see three things the Bible says that we are to render unto Caesar. Um, <clears throat> let's go to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. Um, <clears throat> right, chapter number 2. 1 Timothy, chapter number 2. <clears throat> and these really are pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Um, and, and really, they cover basically what our responsibility is um, to those in authority. First Timothy chapter two, verse one. Our first responsibility is prayer. 
prayer. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. All right, so we owe prayer. We are responsible before God. God-given responsibility is to pray for those in authority. Right? And I'm, you know, some people are older than me. Most people here are younger than me. Um, I was born, when I, when I was born, rather, President Eisenhower was president. I didn't really know too much about him. I know more now than I knew then, but anyway, I've read a couple books and things. But anyway, so he was the president, and I could name all the ones. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to work at that. But I've lived through several administrations. Right? Some of them that we would say were, were good presidents, and some we would say were bad presidents, and most were kind of in between. So what I'm saying is this. What God says for us to do, to pray for our leaders, doesn't depend on who is in office. doesn't make a bit of difference to God as far as our responsibility to pray for them. Right. So there's some words here. Supplication. The word supplication is a word that translates, a Greek word that, that translates petitions. It means petitions. It means specific requests for specific needs. There's a couple things that I personally pray for, for our leaders, probably every day, at least once a day, maybe more times a day. I pray for them to be saved. I pray for them to come to, to a knowledge of truth. And every Sunday, and I'm not just saying that for words. I think every Sunday morning, unless I forget, I always pray that our leaders, I might have forgot today, are that our leaders will be under the ministry of the gospel. Right? Why? Because number one, they are human beings, they are souls that will spend eternity either in heaven or hell, depending on whether or not they receive Christ. So request. And I also pray that they will lead the right way. We know that they don't know. They don't do that. But we can still pray that way because God often intervenes. At least in the Bible, he intervened in the lives of kings and princes and so on several times. And we're going to take a look at those as we go through here. Not today, but another day. Now, so prayers is a general term for talking to God, and that would include confessing our sins, worship, praise, adoration, those kinds of things. So that's the general term. Number three, intercessions are, pr are prayers to God on behalf of others. It's more specific. We pray for individuals by name. Okay? And we have people like that. We have, we have officials that we ought to pray for by name. And then, oh, how about this one? Oh, giving of thanks. Giving of thanks for our leaders. Hmm? Now that was that's, that's not always been easy. I'm serious. I'm honest. But I mean, we need to do it. <clears throat> By the way, can I say if the Bible tells us to do something and we don't do it, what does that come under the category of sin? All right. If we don't pray for our leaders, if we don't thank God for our our government, then we don't have any right to complain. All right. So we have to pray. We have to intercede. We have to supplicate, in other words, request. And giving of thanks be made for all men, for, all, for kings, and for all their authority. 
that we may lead a quiet, peaceful life in all guidance and honesty. Now, um, we have to be, we talked about this last week a little bit, that the book of Romans and other places tell us that those who are in place are there because God allowed them to be in place. In fact, God, Daniel, God said to Daniel in the book of Daniel that he setteth up kings, he removeth kings, that he works in the kingdoms of earth and gives them to the basest of men. So he said, the Bible said, God, and, and many times the principle of the word of God is that countries get the leaders they deserve. In our country, what do we deserve? That's, that's all our subject. Right? But so, so pray, giving the thanks, and so on for all men. Now why? For kings, for all their authority. And he gives things, a reason why. Why, do we, why does God say to do this? That we may lead a quiet. Now it's interesting that the word translated quiet here is the idea of more of um, quietness, protection from enemies, from without, those that would threaten us, those that would harm us. And that goes right along with one of the main responsibilities that God has given the government is to protect the citizens from enemies outside. And peaceable refers more to in within the country. Right? So we pray about that. We pray, 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 pray. Um, and I would suggest and submit to us that probably... Every Christian would do better if we prayed more for those in authority. Right? We just need to do that. We need to pray. And I, I take it very seriously to pray. That's what we're supposed to do. And God, you know, he, he, will, he will respond to our prayers as he sees fit. All right, we could say a lot more about that. Pray, pray, pray for our leaders. All right, let's go to the book of First Peter. First Peter chapter 2, all right, the second thing, the second God-given responsibility that we have is to submit to those in authority. And I didn't pick that word, I did not invent that word, it starts right off in verse 13 of 1 Peter chapter 2. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. For the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. That's pretty close to Romans 13, where it talks about, you know, that they they reward the good, they punish the evil. That's their God-given, their responsibility. Right? So, every ordinance. So whatever the government tells us as, as Americans to do, we're supposed to submit to it. Now, hold on, don't, be, before you go all bunkers on me, um, we're going to look at next week's message. It's going to be, is it ever wrong to disobey the government? No, I said it wrong. Is it ever right? <laughs> is it ever right to disobey the government? Again, I'm, I'm going to go to the scripture, the Bible, not people's opinions or anything like that. But it's going to be what the scripture says. But it says to submit. And that, that submission, by the way, starts with an attitude. It's one of those words that, that it's talking about an inner quality. In other words, an attitude of submission. And then, of course, obedience to the laws. 
ordinances and things like that. Now, and I will say this, and I really believe this. I mean, it seems the Bible bears it out in the lives of individuals, but but Christians, we ought to be the best citizens. We ought to be the best workers. If we have a job, we ought to be the best. We ought to set an example. We might not be the, the most capable or the most intelligent or the most gifted, but we ought to be the best as far as our attitude, our work ethic, and all that. All right? And you go back to the book of Genesis, you read about Joseph. He's sold as a slave. He goes to Egypt. And what does he do? He, work, I mean, he, he works his way up to his next to Pharaoh because he's faithful. By the way, you know, submissive attitude is what was shown in the life of Daniel. Daniel was captured. He was kidnapped. He was taken captive as a teenager to, the, to one of the most evil kings ever, King Nebuchadnezzar. All right? And he did two things. First of all, he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with meat and drink. And let me go to that. And their message, but he didn't. He did not say, "You devil, you monsters, you devils, you you listen to you." No, he said to the one in charge. He said, "Hey, could you let us? Would you give us a test for ten days? Let us eat vegetables and water, and then you look at us at the end of ten days, and then you deal with us." That's, how, that's what you see. You know the story. God, God blessed their their stand for the Lord, and He made them healthier than the ones that ate the cage and drank his wine and so forth, and they got promoted. But what I want to say is, they requested that they be allowed to do that. All right, so, so prayer, so submission. Now let's take a look. Let's see what it says here in verse 15. Why? See, the Bible doesn't just tell us to do something. It says why. In 1 Timothy, pray for our leaders. Why? So we can have a quiet, peaceful life. All right? Submit. Why? For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. All right? In other words, in order to be a good testimony. To, to be a good testimony to those around us. As free. Oh yes, we're free. That's one of the problems in our society. We have rights. I'm going to deal with that too. I'm going to find every verse in the Bible that says we have rights. I'm going to give it to you. We do have rights. But again, that's not the Bible's emphasis. Yeah, we're free. That's why, one of the reasons about, uh, you, know, you know, everybody's clamoring for their rights, and why not? Why we have unalienable rights? Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Yes, I'm going to pursue my happiness. I'm a homosexual, and I have a right. My happiness, as I'm not me because I can't do it, but a woman, my happiness is to be, get rid of this pregnancy I didn't want, so I'm going to have my baby aborted. That's my right. That's what happens when you have a society that becomes more and more ungodly. They emphasize rights over responsibilities. And I will call your attention. Go back to the founding fathers. Read some of the things. They, their emphasis wasn't on rights. It was on responsibility. And see, their concept of liberty was the freedom to do right. The freedom to worship God, the, and so on. Well, our leaders today, most of them don't have that idea. That's why there's no such thing as an infallible system. That's why governments, they fail. That's why things happen. 
That's why God removes kings and sets up kings and does all that kind of thing. But we're so we can be a testimony, right? As free, and not using your liberty, for a cloak of maliciousness, but as a servant of God. And I, I will not, I, I will not, I refuse. I mentioned last week about how God convicted me when I saw the Nancy Pelosi on TV and I said, I want her to die. And I said, oh God, I can't do this. That's being said all over the place. Oh boy, it's awful. You know, when President Trump got diagnosed with COVID, oh, there are people said they hope he died. Oh, that's terrible. And the same people that said that, they want Pelosi to die. And they want Biden to die. Sorry, I have to say that. It has to go both ways, folks. We see it all the time. Republicans complain because Democrats do a certain thing. Well, then they do the same thing. But it's all right, because our cause is better than theirs. That's why it's so confusing. Stick with the book, all right? Stay with the Bible. The Bible says, don't use our liberty for a cloak, in other words, to cover a malicious heart. Or... Um, but, but as a servant of God. Verse 17. Honor all men. What? Honor all men? That's what it says. See, we can't. We, we have to do, we have to be like the scripture. You know, over the years, I don't know if I, I don't publicize, I don't point them out, but over the years we've had, we've had some same-sex couples visit. Did you know that? Probably not, because I didn't tell you. I knew who they were. So what did I do? <clears throat> no, I gave them, we sang the hymns, we preached the gospel, hope they get saved. I don't know if I don't know if that's the attitude of most Christians today. I'm sorry. You know, Jesus had that woman brought into the temple, taken in adultery, caught in the very act. He dealt with her. He said, you know, where's your accuser? Remember that story? They were going, they wanted to take a, they wanted to storm her death. Jesus said, whoever's without sin, cast the first stone. They left. And then she was left alone with Jesus. And he said, where are your accusers? There's no man condemned. He said, no man, Lord. And he said, neither do I condemn thee. Go, just go, right? No, go and sin no more. Don't no keep living that life. But if we don't, if we're not willing to deal with people like that, and I, I mean, tell you, it's, it's not hard. It's not, I mean, it's not hard. It's not easy. They're never going to change. They're never going to get saved. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And if we're not willing to minister to people, then they're not going to be saved. They're going to continue on their life. We're going to say, oh, there they go. They're condemned to hell. Praise the Lord. No. No. That's the attitude. Got to watch it. It could be, and I know, been there, done that. Okay. I don't know when it was. I don't, but I woke up one day. I said, "Gotta stop that." I think it happened one time. I saw a drunk guy, and he was staring along. I thought, oh, "Man, what a yeah." No, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's wrong? With you? And I, my favorite nickname for myself is Dumbbell. I said, "Hey, Dumbbell, you know, from, that could be you. In fact, it would be you." Except for the grace of God, because I come from a long line of drunks. Okay, there's one thing that characterized the Myers family, they're all drunks. Okay. I'm and I, I turned out they told me I'm the black sheep of the family. <laughs> Whatever that okay, so honor all men, love the brotherhood. Let's talk about believers. Fear God, honor the king. Honor the king. All right. 
Not more we can say about that. Again, we're, we're going to go, Lord willing, next Sunday, we're, we're going to find out, are there times when we can disobey the government? All right. <clears throat> Last one. Romans 13. Let's go back there. That, that's really one of the main passages in the Bible about leaders, about the authorities. Um, Romans chapter 13. And we talked a little bit. We used this passage already, already last week about the, the response of the government you know, to protect and, and maintain law and order and that sort of thing. Um, and I don't know. One of the problems, one, one of the problems of any government um, is when they take over the role of provider. And there's nothing in the Bible that says the government is to provide for us. I mean, we're not supposed to rely on government to provide. I mean, the Bible said, you know, the Bible's pretty simple on that, right? Work. Work. Now, I don't know if you have retired. Perfectly okay, right? You know that. 2 Thessalonians says, If any will not work, neither should he eat. If any would not work, now in other words, if that means they don't want to, it's not talk about those who can't. It's talk about those who don't and won't. The Bible says that. Oh man, boy, the Bible, I, I can see why people say the Bible's mean. But it's not. It's got our best interest. We work. We work. So anyway, we're not supposed to rely on the government. That's one reason why, one reason, one reason why we're in such debt. Because of all these handouts, all these programs. And somehow I got this. I got I didn't get a slid my stimulus check. I'm not gonna do anything about it. I don't want it. I, I don't care about it. If I get it, okay, if not, okay. I got thought about sending it back to help with the debt. <laughs> you know, I actually thought I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If I mean I'm not saying no. But anyway, um, in verse number six of Romans thirteen, right, we're talking about paying taxes now. Yes, the Bible says pay taxes. For this cause, for for this cause, pay tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Attending means that's what they how they get along. That's how they do their work. Um, notice it says they're God's ministers. That doesn't mean they're good ones. I mean, they have a responsibility. But as I said last time, if, because they don't fulfill their responsibility, doesn't give us the right to not fulfill our responsibility. All right, and I've had, I've had contact. All right, I've had groups. I've had people come to me. A couple different times, I had people approach me. Hey, we're having this meeting. We'd like you to attend. We want to get your input. We want you to attend. What kind of meeting is it? Well, it's a tax protest group. Um, we're looking into ways that we can refuse to pay our taxes. Now, I'm not talking about legitimate deductions. I'm just saying they're, they're, gonna, they're not going to pay taxes. Right? And why? You know why? Don't, you know why, right? They, they don't want taxes because the government uses the money in ways I don't approve of. The Bible doesn't say anything about that. It doesn't say that they have the right not to pay taxes if they don't use the money the way I approve. Now, again, we have the right, we have rights, whoops, sorry, we have the privilege of. <laughs> Petitioning and letting our views be known, but we don't have the right to say, I won't pay taxes. According right? to the Bible, now don't shoot me, you know, shoot this book if you, don't, if you, if you want to shoot somebody. Um, don't shoot the messenger. Um, 
Render, therefore, verse 7, to all their due. In other words, what's due to them? Tribute, to whom tribute is due. Custom, to whom custom. Fear, to whom fear. Honor, to whom honor. Now, the last two words there, fear and honor, they have nothing to do, they're not, they're not talking about taxes per se. But tribute is, all right? The tribute, you can look up and look, take a Bible dictionary, and you can look it up, and it's, it's well documented. The tribute was a type of tax paid to the Roman government. A personal tax and a property tax. So it was like a per capita, everybody paid, plus property. Right? Another word translated, tribute, in Matthew 17, was referring to a temple tax paid by the Jews for the upkeep of the temple. Now, Herod had a role in that because he was the one that, you know, financed the rebuilding of the temple in those days and so on. And in that particular context, the, the, the Pharisees came, some of the Jewish leaders came to the disciples and said, doesn't your master pay tribute? And by that they were talking about, it's a different word, translated tribute, it meant temple tax. And they said, yes. Yeah. And then they went back and asked him. And that was that really neat time where Jesus said, go throw a hook into the water, in the sea, and the first fish you catch, look in his mouth, and there'll be, a, there'll be the money, and go pay it for, for us, for me and thee. And we'll, uh, we don't have really time this morning. Yes, we do. Um, Matthew 17, let's go there for a minute. Matthew 17. Um, I think one of the greatest enemies of preachers is clocks. But anyway, that's another story. Um, Matthew chapter number 17. Um, I want you to notice that when he gives them the answer, let's, I won't take this, we'll take time to go through the whole passage and, and give detail, but in verse number 20, 27, notwithstanding, Jesus said, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast in hook and take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. Jesus said, in other words, my share and your share. You pay it. Alright? So we will offend them. Offend them. And folks, listen, our, the Bible, our Christianity, as sad as it is, and Grace Mark said, our Christianity is already offensive to most of our leaders. I'll say most of our leaders. If at least, if they're not offended by it, they're at least indifferent. But I'm saying the ones that we get the most, that are publicized the most, and we have President Biden and some of those people, they are, they are so outspoken against the truth. And we understand that. So they're already offended by that, all right? Let's not offend them more by, by, by using, you know, by calling them names and just by tearing them apart and all that sort of thing. Jesus said, Lest we should offend them. You know, Romans says that we're, that we're to live peaceably with all men as much as lieth in us. In other words, as much as it depends on us. Okay, so keep that in mind. That's that whole attitude of submission that we're supposed to have. We can we can take our stands and let our views be known, but we can do it in a kind way. We can stop calling them names. You scoundrels, you know, whatever. Well, I see a lot worse. So, all right, so that's the tribute. Then there was also, oh, Romans 13, there's also a tax called custom. All right? Custom. 
That was also a tax paid to the Roman government and was described as, this is there, was what's paid for public ends, a toll or a tax. Um, this was at least, you know, supposed to be used for public upkeep, like taking care of roads and stuff like that. Those kind of things. Um, interesting, is it not? According to Matthew, the book of Matthew and the book of Luke, when Jesus called Matthew, or Levi, was another name for him, to be a disciple, do you remember where, where did Jesus find Matthew? I quote from Matthew chapter 9, he was sitting at the receipt of custom. Ma Matthew 10.3 calls him Matthew the publican. He was a tax collector. The seat, he was sitting at the seat of custom was a place where people came by to pay their taxes. That's what Matthew was. Jesus called him <clears throat> to be a disciple. Well, then it says this, Romans th uh, 13, the end of verse 7. Fear to whom fear. Render there means to give, right? Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. In other words, proper respect for those in authority. Now, if we, and I've written letters, I have. I've written letters to those, to, to different, over the years, to, to uh, I've even written a couple to the president over the years, but I don't know if he ever got them. But I've written them to different ones. Um, but that's not the point. The point is this. I don't say, hey, you dirtbag. You know? I say, and I find out, by the way, I look in the, I was at the place you can look, and where you, they can tell you how to address a letter to, a, to the president, to a congressman, to a judge. You know, there's different terms we're supposed to use. The honorable so-and-so. <laughs> Great. That, that didn't come out right. You know what I mean. The name. <laughs> I've never said that you are the so-and-so. But, you know, um, respect. If it's never going to happen, it's never, ever going to happen. But if President Biden were to come in here some Sunday, I would treat him with the utmost respect. I would say, hey, can we talk after? <laughs> you know, but I would treat him with respect. Jesus did that when he's before Pilate. He treated Pilate with respect. Yes, I recognize your authority. It's from above. So, anyway, so taxes. And um, the proper respect. And I, and, I, and I mean this sincerely. If we can't respect the person, we need to respect the office. Behold, because, and I'll stand on it, ultimately, according to the word of God, he or she is in office because God allowed it. All right? Can I address something else? And I, I agree. I, a lot of people think that President Biden, well, just turn that off. No, President Biden stole the election. All right? I think that there's probably some truth to that. But you know what? What am I going to do about it? Am I going to go down there with a bazooka? Or, I mean, what am I going to do? I've come to the point where I'm just going to pray. I'm still praying. But I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to take action to try to force Biden to be removed and President Trump to be reinstated. Praying for God. If God wants that to happen, it will. It doesn't, you know, folks, it doesn't matter that we're in the 21st century. It doesn't matter what our election process is and all that. God is in control. God's on the throne. He allowed, you know, your favorite president. He allowed him. The one, your least favorite, he allowed him. I, I mean, it was tested. I prayed. It took me a while, but I got so I, I thank God for President Obama. 
I mean, I'm giving away what I said, but, you know, and we're supposed to do that. If you can't do it for the person, do it for the office. The powers that be are ordained of God. That's not debatable. That's not negotiable. That's what the Bible says, all right? Anyway, we know that, I'm sure. It's difficult. It's tough. But do you realize that the Apostle Paul, Romans 13, 1 Timothy, other places instructed Christians to obey and respect the government. What was the what was in power? Obviously the Roman Empire. How did Paul die? He was executed by the Roman government. Who knows? I might be executed by the United States government someday. You see, our Constitution, I mean the Constitution of the United States, it's not like the Ten Commandments. There's no guarantee that that's going to be the thing. I'll thank God for it, but we're so far from it. But this word, this is never going to be destroyed. Jesus said, till heaven and earth pass, that one jot, one jot, one tittle shall pass from the world. Do you know that Rome had a constitution? They had rights? In the book of Acts, I see at least twice where Paul appealed to his Roman <coughs> citizenship. What? Things changed. The emperor of Rome made a decree, I'm God. You have to worship me. Paul said, no way. Many Christians said, no way. God, Christ is our king, Christ is our Lord. And so they died for that. So, you could say that Rome violated their own laws. But there's no guarantee. So we need to hold to the word of God. About everything else. See, that's, and that, break, that breaks my heart again. Understand that our system and so on, and our founding fathers had respect for the Bible. They had respect for God. Many of them were outspoken Christians. That's why it started like it did. But now it's not like that anymore so much because <coughs> those that have, have just turned away from God's Word. So, it's imperative that we follow teaching the scriptures in every day of our lives, including our attitude towards our government officials. All right? Is it ever right to disobey the government? Lord willing, next Sunday morning we shall find biblical answers to that question. All right? Meanwhile, let's pray. Pray. For our leaders, for all their authority. And another thing I'm just going to touch on quickly, that is this, that, that we encourage folks, and I pray... Uh, for revival, and <clears throat> we don't know how God's going to do that. I hope He will. I pray that He will. Sometimes revival came under the worst systems, under the worst governments, under the worst oppression. Revivals came. All right. You know, Daniel talked about Nebuchadnezzar after he died. Daniel said to his grandson, "You know, whom He will, He slew; whom He would, He kept alive." Nebuchadnezzar. He, you're on, you know, dead, dead, dead. That was how he did it as a king. He took that authority. But he got a big heart change. Read Daniel chapter 4. See how Nebuchadnezzar's big heart change. All right, anyway, why? Because Daniel was faithful to the Lord. And Daniel developed a great relationship with the king. And uh, anyway, Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer, his butler. That means he tasted his food and drink. If it didn't kill him, he gave it to the king. If it did, if it did kill him, somebody else gave him. 
So, I mean, this is great. These people are in these positions, not by choice, but anyway. All right. Just think about it now. Just pray, 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 pray for our leaders. All right, Heavenly Father, we do want to pray for those in authority. We, we thank Thee for the freedoms that we have and even the, the ones that we still do. We see things eroding, but God, help us. Oh, Lord, I just believe we need such a change of thinking that we just pray about these things and we do what we can but we leave it with thee. And, and Father, help us to be testimonies. Help us to get the gospel out. And Lord, I know that some of these officials, they just they put pretty much forces on themselves, but even people like President Biden and, and Hitness Harris and Nancy Pelosi, and they go on and on. But Lord, somehow would you get breakthroughs to the, for them to hear the gospel and to be saved. And whatever the case may be, Lord, we, we commit it to thee. We just pray. For thy will, we pray for revival, we pray for spiritual awakening, we pray for grace, we pray for the boldness to speak thy word, no matter what the consequences may be. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's take our hand close to the Lord. In closing on the subject of prayer, um, teach me to pray, hymn um, number 346, um, Hopefully God will do that. I believe that we still learn as we go along. And so one of the areas we need to certainly grow in is the area of prayer. Um, 346. Um, let's just sing verses 1 and 2, shall we? Verse 1, verse 2. I love verse number 2. Power in prayer. All, less than most of us, a lot have never seen the fullness of the power of prayer because of the power of God. All right, verse 1, verse 2. And, uh,
say this. Um, I do have kids that get to take home on the bus, so I'd like to get away as soon as I can. So, goodbye. <laughs> um, but thanks for being here, and I hope that the message today was helpful. If it sounded like a rant, I'm sorry. Didn't mean it to be that way. But uh, anyway, read. God is able. He's good. Um, he's even using this pandemic thing to, to give more opportunities if God's word out. We're crazy for that. Even that phone thing that we're going to start using. All right, let's pray. Father, thanks again for the day. I pray now as we leave that you would help us, go with us. Please give safety to everybody. I know some have quite a ways to go. And just clear the way, and, and we ask that you would be with us throughout the afternoon. We just pray uh, for your will concerning this evening. And just please watch over us and help us. God, help us to be testimonies of thy grace and goodness wherever we are. And we just pray and thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Thank mm-hmm. you.